How are you? Where are you? Shelley, I'm fine. Here in Guatemala City, in Park Central, the Central Park, in front of the National Palace. A big sort of, one of these uh, sort of big government monuments you see in certain capitals around the world, built naturally for a dictator. And uh, we're sitting on the dictator's steps at the moment, just out the front here, looking out onto the park where we can see sort of Ice Cream Man with his little bell there, sort of peddling his wares, because it is kind of warm, isn't it? Uh, but cloudy. We're expecting it to sort of hose down on us, but later this afternoon has sort of been happening recently. Welcome to the How Are You, Where Are You podcast, an audio travelogue of our adventures by bike as we ride from the centre of the world, our former home in London, to the bottom of the world, Aotearoa, New Zealand. Bottom in terms of, you know, <laughs> not scholastically and all those sort of you know, statistics. I mean, I guess we are lacking on some statistics. We beat up our kids too much, don't we? Yeah. But, um, <laughs> cheerful way to start, babe. Yeah, yeah, nice and cheerful. <laughs> but bottom of the world is down in the old southern hemisphere. So far, we've clocked up 4,000 kilometers in Europe and we're heading south in Central America, just taking each day as it comes. In breaking news, it's Baden's birthday today. Oh, Baden, happy birthday. I, I know you actually didn't really want me to say that, did you? Well, <laughs> I'm not Mr. Birthday. Oh, sorry, Bay. Last episode, we recorded in Coban, and um, we, were, we talked about how we've been learning a lot about Guatemala and Mayan culture, and really, that has continued since we last recorded. We've stayed the night in a cloud forest, we've visited a volcanic lake, we're here in the capital city, we've been to the highlands where Mayan culture is much stronger, we've been on the Gringo Trail a little bit, we've seen a lot of the commercial infrastructure that goes on here, so yeah, we've been very busy. But the main thing we need to talk about is Baden. It's your birthday, and how have you decided to spend it? Well, I just wanted to sort of tool around Guatemala City, you know. Um, everyone says it's a bit of a... Can we say shithole on this podcast? Um, <laughs> we're not supposed to. Um, <laughs> but yeah, everyone says a few nasty things about it. But I want to sort of check it out and see if those things were true. But more on that later on. Um, it was sort of a triumph, really, just getting to Guatemala City, wasn't it? Uh, we've sort of been doing a lot of climbing uh, recently. I mean, we climbed up to Corban, that was pretty full on. And we've doing a, doing a fair bit more of it, but most of it was on that road into Guatemala City. Because Guatemala City itself is about 1,500 metres in altitude. And uh, so we had to climb up from about 300 metres, I think, down in our rancho. But it wasn't as simple as sort of going straight up it was up and down on a sort of very busy road and then you sort of you you get uh, maybe 10k out from the city and then the, it drops down another couple of hundred meters because the actual city itself is in a basin so therefore we've had we've been having really nice temperatures here you know what, what has it been um i think it's sort of 17 degrees and it's been sort of raining in the afternoon which is like quite ferocious really it's yeah, really yeah. been going for it yeah, yeah. but uh yeah that road was something else wasn't it coming into guatemala city from dirty old our rancho yeah that was a massive challenge and you know we'd we'd sensibly decided to split it up into two days and we got 40k along so we were yeah roughly 40 45k from guatemala city and we realized there was just nowhere to stay and you know you can't just 
put a tent up when you're that close to such a big, slightly daunting city like Guatemala. So we kind of ended up doing it all in one day and there was a hell of a lot of climbing and the conditions weren't great. Um, I mean, once we got a little closer to the city, there was a bit more of a shoulder on the road, but the whole way along was just thundering diesel trucks and so much traffic that it was actually overall kind of traumatizing. <laughs> <laughs> What is this road called? CA9 or something? Not sure. It's uh, just I just call it El Bastard. <laughs> oh my god, it is it's hot. Uh, we're just over a thousand meters high. It's still 34 degrees. road is really really awful but we're going towards the capital city so I can't, what do we expect really but we are coated head to foot in diesel fumes and grit um, and we're really overextended today it looks like we're gonna have to do like a 90k a day just about yeah how do you feel at the moment um I just feel too hot yeah well, uh, well, I don't know I think um, next service station we regroup okay uh, we've got about 25 to go, but we've still got about 500 metres to get up and climb. Oh, whenever the sun comes out from behind a cloud like now, it's just singeing my skin. Yeah. The when... thing is, like, the clouds ahead are really dark and grey. I know! But we never go towards those beautiful grey clouds. I want rain! <laughs> did pour all over us right when we were coming into the city and I was just following you luckily you had put the address for the place we were staying G22 which is a, a non-profit organization and this nice man Alfredo has got a kind of property and some beds and things that he let cyclists sleep in so you'd put the address into your computer and I just followed you along it was quite I was quite scared the rain was very very heavy at one point we had to hide under a gas station Roof, do you remember yeah, that? Or the other motorcyclists as well. Like as soon as it starts raining in a city like this, all the motorcyclists pull over and then they put on all their waterproof gear. Yeah, yeah. Or people who aren't carrying that gear have to hide underneath um, the canopies at service stations. Yeah, but it was such a relief to finally arrive and we saw all the bicycles. You remember outside on the wall, outside yeah, of his, yeah. his place? And um, there's a bicycle workshop inside there and we pulled in and it was just such a relief to see bike people. <laughs> <laughs> This is the sound of Lake Atitlan. It's somewhere I wanted to go when I was here in Guatemala 10 years ago, and uh, this time wanted to make the trip out there. But since it's in the western highlands of Guatemala, didn't sort of fancy backtracking west when we're sort of trying to go east and south uh, into the highlands. No, we didn't fancy sort of riding our bikes there. So we left our bikes at G22 within the safe hands of Alfredo and we rode, uh, we drove on the bus and came out to uh, Lake Atitlana and you know it's one of these places that's surrounded by I think three volcanoes and that's just meant to be you know several travel riders have sort of described it as the most magnificent place they've ever seen you know like uh, what's that guy Aldous Huxley I think uh, I read somewhere that he said um, 
it's a sort of place you can't get too much of, you know. Oh, really? And yeah, it's really it's an amazingly beautiful place, isn't it? Yeah. So we um, got the bus to a place called Pana and then you have to get a boat and we we chose to stay, uh, there are a few villages around the lakeside and we chose to stay in San Marcos de la Laguna and um, we picked it because well we'd read that it was quite peaceful, um, we didn't want to go to a party place but also I was kind of curious because it's got this new age healing reputation um, so a lot of people uh, have like there's a few meditation centers and there's um, people that do massage and energy work and as you know this is like right up my alley um, <laughs> been a bit of a faith healer in my past so I actually interviewed a faith healer once in Christchurch yeah yeah I can't remember what for but um, I don't think that automatically makes you then a, a faith healer as well <laughs> so yeah, while we were there we um, went out for a beautiful hike up the valley uh, up the hill we kind of woke up too late to go and climb up a volcano which is sort of just as well because when we started climbing up the back of this valley I started getting you know we're gaining a fair bit of altitude like the lake itself is still uh, quite high in altitude and when we started climbing out of it I was like whoa I'm not feeling like uh, so great here yeah. so I kept, we kept stopping and then yeah starting off again yeah. and uh yeah, it was a really uh, sort of beautiful hike up the valley. So it was kind of good that we didn't really uh, do the volcano. I'm not sure we would have managed it. No, right? we, we would have really struggled, I think. Um, so after we'd done a bit of a walk and managed to get up high enough to see some waterfalls and get a wonderful view of the lake, sort of framed, uh, you know, with the valley on one side and then the cone of the volcano, one of the volcanoes on the other side. So it was almost like there, it was the symmetry, you know, it was really beautiful. Um, we clambered down and then rewarded ourselves with a massage. <laughs> yeah, it was a re- it was a really good massage as well, and it was a, um, a holistic massage as it turned out. And it was I think it was up there with some of the best massages I've ever had. Like normally I'd go for a sports massage when I was doing you no know, more uh, cycling and stuff in London, or when I've had injuries and things. Yeah. And normally they sit you down beforehand and just say, oh, "Okay, have you had any injuries? Are you on any medication?" Um, yeah, no, try and get sort of your, your physical history. Yeah. But sitting down with Jen, who was doing our massage, she wanted to know all about my family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like how I've been feeling lately, uh, my innermost thoughts, in order to help with the massage, which is kind of weird. And she was talking about how she works with chakras. And the cool thing was, uh, you know, going back to why I'm such a, like, a... Uh, alternative healing holistic uh, medicine guy was that I said oh there are seven chakras aren't there and she was like yeah yeah there are actually I was like how to to this day I'm not quite sure how I knew there were seven chakras so in touch with your chakras that you knew there were seven yeah yeah I mean I sort of I think I just hold my hand above any of those chakras and to feel that energy oh wow but um, in truth in truth the, the session was actually kind of like couples therapy slash massage but although we weren't together no we weren't we like we did the massages like afterwards yeah Yeah. so it was really i found it incredibly useful and just really lovely and yeah it was a nice experience so overall so marcos gets a big thumbs up from me got a particularly emotional record playing by, by the bus driver here on the uh, 12 o'clock service from Panajachal near Lake Atitlan back to uh, the capital city Guatemala and uh, these 
to we're on one of these buses which is a real feature of the landscape in Guatemala we've uh, been sort of scared by them quite a bit they're these old American school buses um, which are just being converted into I guess life here in Guatemala you know everyone seems to be riding these buses and they go everywhere it's a massive network of them right around the country these buses are um as Spain says, they're like old American school buses, but they've a lot of them been souped up. There's a lot of extra stainless on them, lots of bright colors. Um, they've got names like Esperanza and San Andres and crazy things like that. Um, the, the engine on the front is like, seems like a truck engine. They just go like bullets. They can overtake things going up hills. They scream around corners. It's, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. A lot of them have like, um, quite cool graffiti on the outside like um, you know wolves heads and eagles and stuff like that so that they are quite cool and I think people take a lot of pride in their buses yeah it's kind of like how um, a lot of your friends in Upper Hutt Shelley took a lot of pride in their cars you know souping up put on mag wheels and things like that that's what these bus drivers charge and you know we're on a th and the value is really great as well we're on a three and a bit hour bus ride and uh, it's only cost us uh, 30 quetzales uh, one way which is what uh, less than was about two pounds fifty yeah. so it's really uh, nothing to ride these buses as well and they're not they're not too uncomfortable um, they're full of oh, these well, speak for yourself I mean if you're anything over five foot five you got your knee like right up around your uh, neck <laughs> because uh, they're designed them, for children yeah they do call them they call them chicken buses here because ordinarily well they're supposedly usually full of like people local people carrying all sorts of stuff with them but today we've not got a full bus but we've it's full of like big vinyl bench seats and there's not a lot of room um, and there's sometimes three people to a to a seat and there's not really much of a middle aisle so you have to squeeze in and out and like normally we're really slow at gathering our stuff and getting out and they're always yelling at us like come on come on come on come on come on yeah normally the bus is moving when you get off it as well so uh, it's sort of like um, yeah like a gangster car you have to sort of slow roll off uh, when, it, when it comes time and so we've been um, on some really big hills today like sort of slightly playing corners they base sliding around on the seats um, yeah, that's the other thing, it's an art to riding the bus, isn't there? You know, when you're going around a corner, you really need, I found, you really need a good grip on the floor to sort of counteract. Yeah. Uh, and the journey out towards Lake Atitlan, there were people behind me sort of laughing as I was falling into the aisle when we are going around the corner. I was using all my might to try and hold on to the seat, but... Your the, whole bum was in the aisle. Yeah, I mean, I've got such a giant frame, it's quite hard to hold it in place. <laughs> and also, I've also learned that... Um, probably need to be wearing jeans uh, to ride this bus as well because they grip to the seat a lot more we're going around the corner here I feel myself sort of <laughs> slipping away so we've been on these big hills and um, we've been quite relieved to be on the inside of the bus instead of cycling around on the outside of the bus um, because yeah the the roads from uh, the capital city to Antigua and to Lake Atitlan they're just up and down and up and down with some crazy gradients so we left the bikes in Guatemala City and um, and jumped into one of these crazy buses instead of uh, yeah riding on the tiny shoulder on the outside yeah and no I think we've sort of found out that the driving is just as crazy on board <laughs> as it appears to be when you're on the shoulder of the road when these things go past so on the overtaking I've just had to close my eyes because I'm like oh my god blind corner 
Yeah, it's uh, pretty uh, wild. They really fang it out. It feels like um, it feels like you're in a car with my mate Rob Marson. He's got uh, he, Rob's the kind of driver who's got um, sort of no regard for anyone's public safety. So he would do well as a Guatemalan chicken bus oh, driver. Rob would love riding a Guatemalan chicken bus. So we're heading back to Guatemala City and um, we're going to hopefully do a little bit more exploring and, and check out some more of what the city's got to offer. If we actually make it there. <laughs> Guatemala City, eh? Yeah. You know, when people have said to us, uh, or oh, where are you going next? And we say Guatemala City, they kind of turn their noses up at you like, why would you go there? Yeah. And it's quite funny, like, at one point... Um, I remember being a bit embarrassed and saying, oh, you know, it's just a, you know, I heard there were some nice things there or, you know, like trying to like justify it. But it doesn't need any justification, is it? It's actually a really interesting place to come. And I don't know why it's not necessarily on the old gringo trail as, you know, we've seen um, out in the western Guatemala and highlands where just tourists everywhere. Not, we haven't seen so many today wandering around here, you know. No, I remember, I remember the moment that you're talking about. I remember it was... Um, another tourist at a hostel when we said we were going there she was so scornful like there's nothing to do why would you go there and you were like oh and you had to kind of defend it yeah, like said, well oh, the, someone told me it was good yeah, yeah someone yeah. said there was a decent museum there um yeah. uh yeah i have to say when we when we were cycling in you know from the outskirts all the way in i was thinking man this this isn't this just seems like i don't know just like all the worst parts about guatemala the thing the things that annoyed me most about guatemala all rolled into one place and now having been here for a few days, that in my opinion has changed quite a lot, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, the area where we've been staying uh, in zone four, that's kind of defied belief for me a little bit. You know, firstly, uh, no, we went out, um, the first night when we got here, we went to a cafe and we walked in, I was like, oh, this looks quite a flash cafe. They had you no know, fancy hipster pizzas. And then all these hipsters rolled in. A couple of them hung their bikes up on the wall. You know, they'd cycled there, um, you know, ordered, ordered their sort of flash coffees and sat down looking at their photography uh, portfolios. It turned out there was a photography school sort of nearby. But we were like, hold on, are we in Guatemala City here? No, we actually had a bear cocktail that night as well, that wasn't it? Yeah, it was sort of um, like they put a half a margarita in a tall glass and then you fill the rest with bear. I think they're called micheladas or something. I'm not sure. I don't think it was a margarita. It had tomato juice. In no, it. no, I didn't mean margarita, sorry. I meant, um, what do you call it, the one you have after a hangover? The Bloody Mary. Yeah, Bloody Mary. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was very surprising. We kind of went back to our accommodation and we were just like, what? What's yeah. going on? And, like, walk back, it's dark and we don't feel scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the next day, we uh, went to a cafe and uh, we ordered, like, a blue cheese and bacon salad. Mm. You know, and, and this cafe, it could have been New York. Yeah, it was actually... First of all, because you're really hungry, we um, got a hot dog in a kind of bit more of a down and dirty place. And it was full of um, what looked like office workers, mostly guys, all watching La Liga at lunchtime. Spanish on football. Spanish football on the, on the television and eating their hot dogs. So we grabbed a hot dog there and um, that was a very kind of, yeah, relaxed vibe. And just, I don't know, if, like looking out the window, I could see the shops opposite. There's a lady making tortillas and there's barbed wire over the cross of the top of the buildings 
for I don't know what um, and guys outside wearing bright coloured aprons trying to solicit people into the hot dog place and yeah. yeah so it was kind of a bit more gritty and then we walked down the street not very far and we get to this cafe where we have this fancy deconstructed bacon and blue cheese salad yeah so it, uh, the lettuce leaves came out we're like oh yeah nice salad and <laughs> the lettuce leaves were covered in this um, jamaica juice which is like what's jamaica again hibiscus um, hibiscus yeah and so we're like oh this is quite nice salad and then she brought out the rest of the salad it was all deconstructed in layers in some sort of fancy jar yeah. you see all the constituent parts and we just sort of tipped them in over top and you know they had a bit of that sort of regular cafe music. We could be in a, like a really ultra gentrified place anywhere in the world, yeah. but it was Guatemala City. The only difference was though, is that out the front of the cafe, there was like the 16 year old looking uh, boy who looks about 16 years old, <laughs> holding a massive shotgun, uh, being the security guard. Yeah. So that, that's the only thing that you find around here in Guatemala City that makes you think, ah, oh, okay, that's where I am. Yeah. Yeah, no, everywhere's got these armed guards. And even though, you know, we haven't seen anything too shocking, you think, well, there must be a good reason for all these armed guards everywhere. Well, you did see something a little bit shocking the other night, though, didn't you? Yeah, we were walking back from dinner and um, we saw a guy lying on the sidewalk and he looked drunk. And um, as we walked past, I looked down and he was really bleeding a lot uh, from um, his head and from his nose. And he had blood sort of smeared on his hands and arms and um, he was unconscious. And, you know, he didn't know what to do. A couple of women walked past. One was holding a baby and they sort of just giggled and kept walking. And I'm thinking, what? What are we? We can't just keep, we can't leave. Like this guy, I don't know, he could die. I don't know. So sort of casting around and I know you were really nervous because well, we don't know what the deal is here you know we don't know what's gone down um, so we'd kind of decided to go back and like go back to our accommodation and call some for some help but uh, luckily a p- big police truck came by and I flagged them down and then they came in and you know sort of took over and looked after him well ish they just kind of stared at him and the first thing the policeman said to me was don't worry he's not being shot I was like oh my god yeah no sign of there's no sign of bullets here yeah, yeah. so yeah, the police were quite relieved about that. But. So that was actually, you know, kind of kind of a scary experience. But when we told Alfredo about it the next day, he was like, oh, these, these local guys around here, they just get drunk. He probably fell over or something. But I was like, yeah. oh, I don't know. Yeah. But, and, and then today, just wandering around, you know, we've just been in the markets and... Uh, no, that was a really nice experience. Lovely empanada down there. We're just hanging out with locals again yeah. in, um, in the street food stalls and, and here in the square. It's... It just could be any any city in the world. Yeah, and they've even got an Eiffel Tower here. <laughs> There's this place that uh, what's it called the La Torre del Reformador, yeah. and it was built to sort of celebrate a uh, a reforming president, uh, the hundred anniversary of this this president apparently. One of the rare good ones I think they've had here. Yeah, but um, yeah, and it looks like it's kind of like a replica of the Eiffel Tower. So the city of love in yeah. Guatemala City. Maybe. Weirdly though, the, at the base of it is a shell station and a Burger King, which is not so <laughs> romantic, but anyhow. Yeah, so we visited the botanical gardens as well, and that was really beautiful. Um, saw lots of plants, coffee, lots of beautiful trees, um, orchids, all kinds of things. And in, in actual fact, we, we know a little bit more about orchids now, don't we? We'll have a little bit more information on that coming up. But um, what else have we done today? Oh, we met that lovely guy, um, Hector. Yeah, we met this uh, nice teacher who'd um, come in for a dental appointment. He lives in a sort of out, outlying village. And uh, yeah, he'd lived in the US for some time, so he thought it was a good opportunity to practice English. And we sort of had a coffee with him. And yeah, it was really nice, you know. So 
you know, why would you come to Guatemala City? You know, well, no, nothing to do here, is there? Something that's becoming a recurring theme for us here in Guatemala are orchids. We seem to be seeing them everywhere. We saw them in the cloud forest. We saw them at Lake Atitlan. We saw them here today in the botanical garden and we saw thousands of them when we were in Coban. We were lucky enough to get some time with Freddie who runs an orchid collection um, just in his family's property. It's not funded by the government or anything like that. He's carried it on for his father um, and we got to talk to him for a little while about some of the challenges he's facing and some of the exciting things he's done in his time working as a botanist. Okay, my name is uh, Freddie Archila. I'm the director of the orchid station, Guatemala Orchid Station. It's a very important project here in, in Guatemala, but also it's a very important project in, in, in America, in Latin America, because we keep 10% of uh, biode vegetal biodiversity in Guatemala, including 20 species that you can't find in forests, actually, and we rescue. And they are not in the in papers as uh, of extinction because we at least keep one plant. So that's important because we can uh, reproduce and make new, new new plants in the in the future. This is a very rich uh, country. We talk about biodiversity. Uh, five years ago. The United Nations declared us uh, uh, one of the richest biodiversity countries, one of the uh, 20 countries more rich around the world. But also, next year, uh, they say, okay, but you are in danger about the big problem of um, Cambio Climatico, mm -hmm. you know? Climate change. Yeah, climate change. So, that's a big problem because, yeah, we are rich, we have a lot of species, but the people is cutting the, the forest. They need to survive. Uh, we have a lot, a lot of um, people, they, they, they every, you know, every couple have 15 kids. That's, that's part of the problem. But you can't talk about that subject because the religion have a lot of power. I mean, if in United States, religion have power, can you imagine in a third world country, it's almost uh, dead if you, if you attack the Catholic church or uh, the Protestant uh, church. So we, we have that problem, big, big problem. And I try to explain to my students in university. I said, okay, we have problems of garbage. We have problems in pollution of rivers, lakes, lagoons. Uh, we have problems with food. Yeah. But there are uh, just one thing that uh, put together and make a cluster of those, those problems. Uh, big population. We don't have control of the population. And we can start to make it and we're gonna change. Now, of course, we can attack religion, but uh, we, we, we saw with a group of friends that 
if the people go to school, they have less children. I mean, it's around the world. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so we have to to make m more schools <laughs> for for that uh, education. So uh, we have a lot of uh, non-orchid plants that are medicinal, or you can you can eat also. And that's the part uh, very interesting because we have problems in Guatemala. A lot of people is, is, is dying because they don't have food. And we have a lot of hundreds of plants that you can eat. Uh, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And of course, I agree if a group of people um, have problems, that you can take a bag and put sugar, rice, beans, and gift. That's okay. That that's good. But that's not the, the solution of the problem. Mm -hmm. We have to make uh, to teach the people to work. And of course, sometimes it's not that the people doesn't want to work. The problem is that um, environment is changing, mm -hmm. and they ha they they have a lot of dry many months of dry season so we have to to make projects to take water from the rivers to, to those those places a um, lot of work <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look look at this orchid this smell like a um, meat in how you call this composition the could menta no meat in oh rotting meat no, this composition this yeah com ro rotting down yeah there. it's dead yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's bad smell so at uh, attract this kind of in you can see the, f the small fly here oh yeah in the fly go inside also another one inside of the flower oh, yeah they came here to put the eggs but they can't so they touch the pollen and make the fruits <laughs> so oh. just uh so it tricks them yeah it's a trick it's magic. Yeah. It. It's tiny, beautiful, tiny orchid. Yeah, in orchids you can you can see that. Um, sometimes uh, some orchids attract with the form of, with the shape of a female fly, and so the male go and make sex with the flower, <laughs> with the pollen in the hair, and go to another flower. <laughs> That's why I say orchids are beautiful, smell good looks good but they just use the male so any cualquier <laughs> parecido oh gosh there's just hundreds of tiny ones hung on like a mesh wall here it's incredible when i can't write the latin that is very important we we send the the material to united states mm -hmm. and they dedicate many new species for for the family for example these lepantes Archilae is for the Archila family. Let's have a, my my last name. Oh right! Yeah. Wow, named after you guys. Yeah. It's so tiny. It's it's literally a centimeter. Yeah. Oh, the flower. Uh, yeah, they are very very small. They are awesome. That is that flower is like the size of a pinhead, or just yeah. a bit bigger. Yeah, and oh, look so like beautiful. a star. Yeah. But let me show you something that I discovered last year. Okay, last year I, I wrote the the paper, but um, a couple of years ago, I see this this plant. 
first I see many flies, small flies I catch and some all were uh, female dancing on the lips like with moving like this the atom attract to attract the males but suddenly I saw this small flower you will see the flower dance the like the fly males does that how it attract? avoids it no no it attracts it attracts males. it attract, attract. look at oh wow, that yes. is so tiny that is like not even half a millimeter that's amazing so that's uh so many people saw plants that looks like an insect like the, the one that smell like meat or smell, smell like the insect but nobody saw a plant that dance like <laughs> an insect so this is just you so, observing very and carefully three years and start to write the article and we discovered that yeah it's, just, it's an amazing thing i need the people say okay you have to film and put in tv yeah but for that size you need a special camera huh? yeah i don't have that i don't even, i don't have my glasses on and i could yeah. hardly see it <laughs> this is the oldest orchid in guatemala what? An orchid? one yeah 100 years old my my great-grandfather uh give to my grandmother the german guy that came to guatemala he grew this and give to my my grandmother and she gave to my my father and since my father passed away i i keep, <laughs> keep it safe. i keep this one here oh. 100 years old you need more space Freddie. <laughs> i need another life <laughs> i don't i'm it's hard you know i'm trying to the situation in Romania is, is hard um, this is the last week of the of my garden and um, the last week of the people that helped me with the uh, research and at the end of this this month we're gonna let this collection alone we can't more you know the um, uh, uh, structures are broken and we not ne needs a lot of money and we don't have and we have the hope to get a new government <laughs> and ask for help but in this case i, I think it's it's pretty pretty hard i don't know i don't know i don't know so i have 25 years working on this giving part of my life to this uh you know direct work but of course i have 42 years living in in the orchids and um, but it's hard it's hard next the road takes us towards el salvador and it's one of these places that people go do you really want to go there well yeah we do actually so we are going to be heading uh southeast 
uh, out of Guatemala into El Salvador over the next week. Particularly looking forward to riding the Ruta de las Flores. It's a the flower route and uh, apparently a very spectacular part of the country in the uh, in the country's uh, west, I guess, and then through to the capital San Salvador. So. Another country, another culture, a lot to be looking forward to. But what's next right now, I think, Baden, is that you and I need to go and get a special birthday lunch, don't you think? Well, I am a little bit hungry, even (laughs) after that empanada back in the market just before. (laughs) So that's our podcast this time. Thank you very much for listening. We love to know how you are and where you are. So please feel free to email us, you? at gmail.com or howareyouwhereareyou.com. That's our blog and you can head along there, see some of the other podcasts we've put out. You can make a comment under this one. Um, You can also find links to subscribe to our podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes and Stitcher. Um, If you know of anyone that might like this podcast, please feel free to share it and we would be very grateful if you could rate or review it as well because I think that helps more people find it. Um, Thank you also to Callum Campbell for the original music in the podcast. Uh, You can find Baden online at Baden C on Twitter and Baden Cycling on Instagram. And yeah, I think that's it. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.